0: Today on It's Time. What I'm saying is the more you learn about God, the more you know you don't know. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler. Pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going first by verse through the book of Galatians. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. I pray you brought your Bible today, and we're in the book of Galatians, and uh, we're going to go into chapter 4, but before we do, we'll read the last uh, four verses of chapter 3, which really set the, uh, the uh, uh, pretext for what we're going to read today. Well, let's pray. Father, as we come to your word today, thank you for it. It protects us. It keeps us in these days that we live in and so we ask you now that your holy spirit would help us remember these things give us that boldness that comes from you in jesus name amen now we find here in galatians chapter 3 this is a uh, uh, galatians is not a church it's a, a region and and it's where modern-day turkey is at Paul had a great base there at Antioch, and this is where he worked from in spreading the gospel to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish believing brethren. The problem is, as after Paul shared with them the liberty that's in Christ, the freedom that's in Christ, it's simply by faith in him we're made righteous. The problem is the Gentiles were simply those that were called, they accepted Christ, but the Judaizers came in and tried to get them to go back under the law again. In other words, you're not really saved unless you keep the Sabbath. You're not really saved unless you keep all the commandments. Well, this is what Paul in the book of Galatians is really trying to correct in their understanding. And so he uses various uh, angles to bring about the point. Well, he says in verse 26, chapter 3. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, this is important because today in the world, you'll sing sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer, okay? And we're all brothers and sisters. No, actually, we're not. The Bible here says we are sons of God. How? The vehicle. Through Jesus Christ christ that is how we have fellowship one with another the bible talks about sons of belial children of the world so not everybody that's a human being is part of the family of god and so we we want to recognize that the second thing we find here for as many as you were baptized into christ you have put on christ again not for salvation but for obedience. That's what God's called us to do as we follow after him. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great to know? Um, That's why a body is supposed to work that way. That's why we watch out for each other, not in gossip, but in godly concern. Uh, If somebody's going to buy a house or a car and you're an experienced carpenter or you're into uh, mechanics that you can say hey brother sister can you look at this car for me or this house for me and tell me is it a good deal you go out and look at it it's full of termites or you look at the car and it's full of termites you really got a problem but anyway if you uh, looking at a car and it's uh uh you know something's not right it's great to have a family of god that you can say hey thank you for telling me that this has been totaled out once, or this is not a good deal, or it is a good deal. I believe this is part of what we do. But notice he says there's neither Jew nor Greek. Now, why is this important? Because the means by which we come to Christ is the same now in Christ Jesus. Before Jesus came, we came to God through the law. But then the book of Galatians tells us long before the law was ever given on Mount Sinai with Moses, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Why is that important? Because before the law ever came, Abraham was considered righteous, listed in the champions of faith there in the book of Hebrews. Why is that important? Because there's people today, and I continually find them, that are doing the exact same thing that the Judaizers were doing to the churches scattered throughout Galatia, scattered throughout the United States. There are those coming along saying, well, if you're really a Christian, though, you'll get back under the law. You'll observe the uh, the uh, all the holy days, the all the things that In those days, they thought made them something. Well, this is a real problem because I find this today. People that have even been close to me in my life have bought into the lie of going back under the law again. Why is that? This is what Paul is challenging the churches in Galatia about is that you were saved in the blood of Jesus Christ. The law, the Ten Commandments, the Old Testament requirements were the schoolmaster or the tutor that brought us for our, and made us realize we needed a Savior. They were never meant to save us. The law was never meant to save you, it was only meant to show you how much you needed a Savior. What was the righteous standard of God? Well, the, the Old Testament tells us what the righteous standard of God was, and no one could keep it. I, I think that's pretty important because we really can't keep the law. This is one of the things that happened in the book of Acts when the Gentiles, Cornelius and his gang got saved. They were Gentiles. And when Peter went back to Jerusalem and he said, hey, the Gentiles are getting saved. Uh, They said, well, what are we going to do? What laws are we going to make them come under? And they said, well, since none of us could ever keep the law, why are we putting them under the law? Great point. Here's the question. The gift of grace, what Jesus did for us on the cross, gave us a love relationship with God. The law, the Ten Commandments, those that were required, gave us a legal relationship with God. What we'll find here as we read on today either you will endeavor to have a love relationship with God given to you by Jesus Himself or a legal relationship generated from yourself. Well, man, I'll tell you, what a difference. Now, there's a lot of problems with a legal relationship. Because when you deal in legal manners, and anybody that has ever gotten a traffic ticket or got some citation for something, you know that as you appear before the judge, there is a price to pay. There there is a punishment. It might be so many days in jail. It might be how much money you have to give them, but there is a price to pay in a legal relationship. In a love relationship, it's completely different because the standard isn't an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but it is that of forgiveness and relationship. Now, God wants to give us that love relationship the legal relationship could never fulfill what god wanted from us what was the original plan Well, you know it's uh, there's a thing in the bible and i get this all the time on to every man and answer but there's a, a thing in the bible where it's called first occurrence and what that means is where did it first occur what was happening whether it be the empowering of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But actually, if you look in the Bible, all the way through the Old Testament, you saw the Holy Spirit moving on different people at different times. Oh, Moses, talk about a miracle worker. The Red Sea parts in front of him, the children of Israel passed through on dry ground. Uh, Moses prayed and, and uh God, they need water. He takes his staff, hits a rock, water comes out. Man, that's pretty impressive. He was a a person. First occurrence, we find God's Holy Spirit moving through the entirety of the Bible. Well, what happened in Acts chapter 2? The Holy Spirit was for everybody. Not just for the occasional Moseses and the Jeremiah's and the Isaias, but now for all of us. That's really good news. That's God's gift. It's something I didn't earn. It's something that God gave me and you because he loves us. But first occurrence, when we look at this, what was the first occurrence of God's relationship with us? It was a love relationship. The Bible says that God would come, can you imagine this, and walk with man in the cool of the evening? Well, how did the day go? What 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 happened today? What you know? Imagine that personal relationship with God, not based on legality. The only thing was, don't eat of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But that wasn't a legal requirement. That was really just simply a test, saying, do you love me or do you want to do your own thing? But never a legal relationship. Bible man had fellowship with God, a personal relationship with God. You'd visit with the Lord, and, 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 and every day God would come, cool of evening. First occurrence, what does God want from all of us today? That same relationship. That's why uh, Jesus, when he taught the disciples the praise, said, give us this day our daily bread. It was a daily relationship with God. Well, as we look at this here, he says, there's neither Jew nor Greek we all now approach god the same way not through the law but through a relationship with god there's not women there's not men we all come to god the same way and if you are in christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise the promise again is something that god says he will do in the future now this is really important friends because a lot of times, when people get saved, they expect everything to happen overnight. I actually had somebody one time come to me, and they said, Mike, I, I, I've got problems in my life, and I, I'm a Christian. And I've been saved for a while, and, 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 and I still have these issues. I said, what's going on? And they said, well, this and this and this and this, and I have rent, and, you know, payments, and, and I said, let me ask you a question. How long have you been saved? Well, three months. And how long did you live your life apart from Christ? Well, I'm 35. So you messed your life up for 35, and you're being so gracious to God to give give him three months to straighten you out. I said, boy, that's generous. The point is, we can go down a bunny trail for a long time, God gets a hold of our life, and God begins to change us. Some things, friends, are immediate. It was really amazing when my mom and dad got saved. My dad had a lightning bolt experience. Uh, he smoked, drank a little, um, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Good guy, but, but one of those. He accepted Christ. Everything just left his life. I mean, all the, all the scuzz just fell off of him. My mom accepted the Lord the same day. But my mom's transformation was gradual, not so immediate. Uh, I rem- I, I've shared this before many times, but my, uh, they asked my mom, they said one time, well, when you got saved, what changed? And she says, well, I didn't use God in my cuss words anymore. I go, that's admirable. There was some real progress there. But my mom, she never had a problem with drinking or Uh, partying or anything like that, but these other things. So sometimes God takes away things immediate from our life. Sometimes it's over a period of time, but we're all God's children through Christ Jesus. He begins his work and he's made a promise to us that he's going to do these things. Now that was all said as we get into chapter four. Now I say that an heir as long as he's a child, does not differ really much from a slave, though he will be the master of all. What he's saying here is this. If you're wealthy, you have a child, you don't just go and give your child a lot of money. They can do really bad things with that. Shared many times, and this is a biblical principle, what you would do is you would entrust to your children, some money and see what they do with it. So in other words, you're getting older. You know, one of these days that uh, number is going to come for you to check out. You want to make sure your kids do good. Well, what oftentimes in the, in the households, they would take, they would give their children, each of their kids, $5,000, let's say, and see what they do with it. One child goes out and says, well, I'm going to do a little investing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go help some people that don't have any way to help themselves. Another kid goes and he goes and just goes out and parties down with it. The worst thing you could do, friends, is to give the child that parties down with the five grand you gave them more money. Why? He'll kill himself. He has unbridled money now to destroy himself. But somebody that does well with it, you're going to say, well, hey, I'm going to make you then the chief, the chief recipient of the estate. So it's always a good idea to do that testing. Well, it's part of that learning curve. And this is what he's saying here. But he is under the guardians and stewards until the appointed time of the father. Now, in Jewish tradition, this is what was called what? The bar mitzvah where the person passes from being a child into adult somewhere around the age of 13. For the Romans, they didn't have any set date. They, they just, when they saw the kid could uh, take the training wheels off, he could, he, he could go, you know. And so that's what that was about. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, or when the appointed time was right, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, the reason why this is important to read is we go back to verse 26 of the previous chapter, for you all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're adopted by God, which means we're joint heirs with him. And God doesn't necessarily give us everything at once. Why? Because we don't know how to handle it. This is what God does sometimes, friends, in our relationship with Him. God trains us so that we will be most effective rather than empowering us without the training. Now, that's why I believe studying the Bible is so important. You, you know the Bible. It's going to help you and defend you from the people that come to you. Now, again, it would be different if this was just in the Bible a long time ago, non-relevant today. I have people that I know that were close to me that I led to the Lord that ended up getting back into the law. They go back into Saturday worship again. They go back into observing all the Jewish things. Why? I don't know. Because you can keep all the Sabbaths you want, you can keep all the new moons, you can keep all the feast days, you can keep all those things. It profits us nothing. Nothing. Why is that? Our salvation does not come from what we do, it comes from what God does for us. The reason this is important, you will have very well-meaning people come to your door trying to get you to go back and worship on Saturday. It means nothing. Now, the Bible tells us what is required in keeping the Sabbath. And I've shared this many times on the radio. No groups today that claim they keep the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath. They're lying to you. In fact, I asked one of them one time, I said, where do you get off telling people you keep the Sabbath? Because according to Jewish law, you couldn't travel so far from your house, you couldn't kindle a fire on the Sabbath, you couldn't couldn't make anybody else work, you yourself couldn't work. I said, so you're in violation. Well, what do you mean? I said, well, when you go into your building, you flip on the lights. You kindle the fire. You, you break one of these bulbs out right here and reach up and touch that with your fingers. You talk about fire. I think these are 500 watts apiece. No, they're not LED. We're not green yet. We're working on it. You make the guy at the power company make sure there's electricity in the wire to make sure the lights come on. You had to make the police work because you drove your car... Here, and if something happened, a car wreck or something, you had to have somebody to call. You had to have paramedics at the hospital to bandage you up. You didn't just lay there at, on uh, Sabbath morning waiting for sundown on Saturday night to call the paramedics to come scrape you up. No. And I asked him, I said, how do you get off telling people that you keep the Sabbath when it's clear you are in violation scripturally of what the Sabbath keeping is. This is what he told me. We keep the Sabbath through grace. Now, it's, that's all, just a big oxymoron right there. It's like giant shrimp, military intelligence, you know, it all goes in the same back, basket. The thing is, what's, what's wrong? No, there's no grace keeping of the Sabbath, friends. You're either in grace in Jesus Christ or you're under the law. I said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, we keep it by grace. I said, no, what you do is you keep the Sabbath according to your personal interpretation of it. And that is in violation of the law. It is not up to you to determine what is and what isn't acceptable under the law. That has been determined in the law. And what does it tell us? Again, in Galatians three. Let's read it, verse ten. Just go back, mark it. For as many are, are are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, "Cursed is everyone." here it is, who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law and to do them. Whoa! So it isn't going through the law smorgasbord. Okay, I'll have a little Sabbath worship, but not want to get too serious about that. Oh, and we'll have a little, a little, oh, that's pork, don't want to eat that. Uh, And and this is what they do. Salvation is not Anything, friends, that we generate in ourselves. Why is that? The Bible says, no good thing dwells in the flesh. Now what that means is the old nature. I can't be good. Have you ever looked at your kids that are fighting? Can't you just be good? The answer is No. No, no way. And if they're good, I guarantee you, it won't be more than a few seconds, nanoseconds, before they're in each other's throat. This morning, little kids were all there, and they had all the little cars lined up, my daughter and the son was all there, and they had all the little cars all lined up. And I was thinking, it is so wonderful when they play together, and they're not killing each other. And I watched them play, and I go, you guys did so well. You have all the cars lined up. I walked in the bathroom and all of a sudden I hear this blood-curdling scream. My little boy has got my, my daughter pinned to the floor. He's screaming. She's screaming. I, I literally grabbed him, pulled him up. I go, what are you doing? I don't know. I look at this and I realize it's not within man to live righteously. It's not within ourselves to be good. We need to be born again. We need a new nature. We need something supernatural from God that is not natural. Well, he tells us here, the promises of God, when we're mature enough, we then inherit them. Now, again, there's a lot of things in Christianity. As you grow in the Lord, you begin to get more and more. In fact, what I have found in my life, the more I get from the Bible, the more I realize I don't get. What I'm saying is the more you learn about God, the more you know you don't know. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up,